What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Dr. J. Welcome to Coach on the Floor. This is a bonus episode, so you don't want to miss this. I didn't really have this planned, but I am in Clearwater, Florida right now, and I just had an amazing opportunity to talk some of the best and the brightest leaders across the United States in the social service nonprofit sector. I joined forces with a few other C-suite leaders and CEOs from uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago and Milwaukee and Minnesota, just to name a few. And we teamed up and shared some amazing insights around a very critical conversation that tends to be very delicate and sensitive and unique. And we talked about leadership but from an African-American male perspective. So we gave some insights and some ideas around how to awaken and inspire African-American leaders who may otherwise be invisible if someone didn't use intention and purpose to reach out to them. So I use my own personal and professional experience because I have an amazing CEO right now who gave me the opportunity to share some of these insights uh, many years ago. I'm a chief clinical officer of a social service agency in the state of Delaware, and she really broke the ice. In fact, I want to use those three letters, I-C-E, to layer in some specific principles and practices that she used that tend to be very successful in terms of me being able to you know, share some of these ideas. And I also want to layer in a specific title that I think resonates really well with this conversation. And it's Leaders See, Leaders Do. Because those same unique strategies that she was able to implement in my own professional growth, guess what? 10 years later, I used those specific strategies to reach back and look for opportunities for others to grow and groom and give them the career advances and chances that they may not have had without that type of exposure. So the first I is around introspection. Uh, I think she made up her mind a long time ago to look in the mirror and really confront uh, in uh, a historical context or really confront status quo and see a need to diversify her leadership team, to diversify the quote unquote head table, if you will. Uh, And she saw a need to embrace not not only from a simplistic African-American male perspective, but I thought she recognized a talent gap as an opportunity to, uh, to, to diversify you know, her team, her leadership team. So it really kind of went like this, you know. She had a conversation. Of course, there was no guarantees, but she had a conversation with me, just a natural conversation and trying to figure out what were my career opportunities. And, and she said that, you know, she, she likes news. She likes expansion. She likes passion. She likes best practice. And I can remember kind of nodding my head and saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, kind of sort of like me too so I went home to my wife like what in the world was she talking about I didn't really know what she was talking about you know I was just a therapist and no disrespect 
to the field of, of being a clinician because I think it's an amazing field. But I mean, let's be honest, being a clinician in a rather large social service or behavioral health agency is incomparable to uh, a chief this or a chief that. Uh, so that was a completely different world for me. But, uh, she, you know, she responded to data. She looked at uh, her own management team. She looked at the makeup of the agency and the needs of the service population and thought it would be a good idea to perhaps have a conversation about elevating and, and giving, uh, you know, me an opportunity as an African-American male that I would not have had otherwise. I know I would not have had those opportunities if she didn't exercise intention and purpose and reach out to me in a way that uh, that has some promise. So that's the, the first letter in ICE is I. The second letter, which I think is super important, is about connection. Now, very few can argue about the critical nature of establishing a trusting relationship. It doesn't have to come in the form of leadership or supervision or management, but relationship and trust literally creates magic and momentum. So she did that. She took the time to get to know me personally and, and get to know my family and what kinds of ideals and activities and philosophical positions outside of work that I had. And, and you know, that became ongoing and that took a process. Because I tell you, uh, for the African-American male experience going into a new sphere of opportunity, sometimes that's very scary and that's very anxiety provoking and it's not business as usual. It, it, it almost, at least for me, it resembled going into another country. I didn't understand the language. I didn't even know the language. I didn't really know who's who. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know that type of, outside of being a clinician, I really wasn't aware of the context and the culture of being a, a leader, you know, outside of, you know, being a point guard, which I think there are parallels, but that's a story for another day. So this was a complete different area for me. So without someone literally kind of holding my hand and coaching me along the way, I think that experience could have been, have been much different. So the connection between the mentor or the existing leader and the mentee uh, is absolutely critical in the overall growth and, and, and the level of promise for the mentee. The third letter is E, and that is about expectation. What I really, really enjoyed and respect about uh, this leader or oh, this CEO, she did not dummy down any roles or responsibilities. Uh, she expects and expected nothing but excellent at the highest level. And I, I mentioned to you that she wants best practice and she likes new and she likes expansion. And now very fortunately because of her, I know all about those constructs and know all about the benefits of embracing in that type of culture. So, but she expected nothing but excellence. But what came with that attitude was a sense of 
failure not being fatal. You know, I talk to many of my colleagues and across the country and they say, man, when I screw up, I have so much anxiety. Does this mean I'm going to get fired? Does this mean I'm going to get demoted? Or is, 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 is my boss going to lose confidence in me? She reframed that whole mantra and that element of failure being uh, fatal to opportunities for growth and opportunities for learnings. So think about that. When when you are in a safe space where you can take chances and take risks and explore your ideas and some may work and some may not work. I mean, some of the leading trillion dollar businessmen and women across the world, that's the first thing they say. You know, I, I feel very comfortable in taking chances and taking risks. Uh, so that's when, uh, you know, this thing we call magical promise really happened. So that was super important and that had to develop over time. And that really fed the trust to, you know, my failures because I made a lot of them. My failures was not fatal. Uh, and, and that was a very critical nature in terms of not only the dynamic of the relationship, but it enhanced more opportunities and more opportunities. And it went from chief clinical officer, then it went to pre- you know presenting on the national scene and writing articles and you know even this podcast have a tremendous amount of of confidence and comfort in terms of some of the best practices and the insights and the ideologies that I'm sharing because of uh, um, being exposed to an an amazing coach uh, that came by way of a CEO. And, uh, you you know, so I wanted to kind of give you a bite-sized version of what was shared today uh, in Clearwater, Florida, and my own perspective around what it takes to not only identified, but you got to really believe that there is a need for diversity and equity and opportunity. Uh, and, and in this context, we're really talking about the, the skill sets and attributes and contributions and the talent from an African-American male perspective. Now, obviously, there are incredible parallels outside the realm of African-American men, uh, but I I really wanted to be bold and be courageous and and hopefully you don't become and haven't been distracted by that tag of African-American male leadership because there are parallels, whether you're talking about African-American females or men and women of color or aspiring leaders in general across races, across ethnicities. But I do want to recap. and break the ice, if you will. And and it's the critical nature of if you are serious and intentional and purposeful about reaching out and down and throughout the group, the culture, the organization, the business, the school district, it has to be just that. It has to be loaded with intention and purpose and boldness and courage uh, and look for uh, not just African African American men, but I do want to at the same time emphasize the road and the opportunities. I mean, just take a little peek at the research for African American men uh, being whether it's advanced or promoted or given the opportunity to be in a leadership capacity. 
Sometimes it's very different. You know, you look at uh, more of your lower level, no disrespect again, because everyone has to start somewhere, but you look at your lower level positions, uh, sometimes they are more representative of African-American men. And as you go up the ladder, they start to literally disappear. So I hope you found this helpful. Thanks for joining in to uh, today's episode of Coach on the Floor in this special bonus episode. Stay tuned for more. Take care. Peace, joy, and love. I'll holler at you.